Hi, everybody. So this is really exciting. We are here to talk about a very special movie that was released into uh, the big screen, onto the big screen this week uh, for its uh, anniversary. I think uh, it's... um. It was released in 1982, so it's 35th anniversary. Uh, we're yeah. talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial. And my friend Joe Stefano is here with me. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Stefano. I'm a good friend of Rachel Wagner for about, what, two years or so? At Something least. Like at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've done uh, videos before on, like, Christmas movies and, uh, oh, man, like, uh, like, like uh, following a formula in a movie and all that stuff. And uh, I've followed her for a couple of years and she's great. So thank you, Rachel, for putting out so, a lot of great content and you've been a big supporter of mine. So thank you for that. And I'm excited to talk about ET because when she asked me, it's like, I couldn't resist. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me. And <clears throat> yeah, we, we have to plan a, another, it's kind of become an annual, uh, annual tradition in a way to do yeah. our holiday films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause that was a, cause a little story. I, I was almost, um, I'm full-time military now, and I was almost, uh, I, I almost got deployed to, uh, Jordan. Like, it, we were supposed, like, my unit's supposed to leave for, for the Middle East pretty soon, but uh-huh. I ended up not going after all, so it's like, I'm relieved, and I have a lot more time to talk about Oh, this wow. Stuff. Yeah, that, well, that's good news. That's a relief. Yeah. Um, okay, so, ET, extraterrestrial, of course, we know that it's about, a alien that a little boy named Elliot finds. Uh, his family is in disarray. His mother uh, is very upset because her uh, because the father has left left her. They're separated, and he's in Mexico. And uh, so she's she's uh, overwhelmed. Let's just say, and yeah. uh, and there are three children in this family: older brother Elliot, and then little sister named Gertie and there this alien comes in and uh the the alien and Elliot end up developing this connection together and uh of course the feds end up eventually finding out about ET and trying to they're trying to like study it and trying to take it away and meanwhile ET is trying to uh, contact his family and uh so that's sort of the the basic kind of premise of the uh of the movie and it's just really magical but what would you what was sort of your overall thoughts about the film on this rewatch uh you see it's interesting that uh to go it was interesting to go back and watch it because uh, i did watch this at least maybe two or three times as a kid and uh i was uh it, it used to creep me out a little bit because like the first scene where Elliot finds E.T. in the cornfield in the backyard in his house. That literally scared the ever-living out of me, just like it did to him. But um, I never really uh, – I just kind of – like, movies were kind of a weird thing for me. It was something that I would sit down and watch. I, my brain wasn't as well-developed as it is now. I was seven – I was like seven or eight years old when I first watched it. But And I would maybe see it once in a while on TV, but I never really gave it a full watch. But now – now that I've seen it in, in its entirety, I am actually really, um, I would say that I, I still ponder, you know, like what the whole thing was about and everything. Cause I feel like there's a lot of themes that pull from it. I, I think this is one of Spielberg's best films. I think he really mm-hmm. like, it was 1982. He was in his prime and everything. And it's, it, um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I'm still amazed that it holds up pretty well all these years later. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting to compare because I, they'd re-released uh, Close Encounters this month, and so oh. I get to compare Close Encounters with ET. They both have somewhat, actually, kind of similar stories, a little bit at least. Uh, they they both are, are are sort of earthbound science fiction stories, and and about how people deal with sort of contact with the unknown and everything. And anyway, so it's been very interesting to watch both those films. I love both those films. And, and ra- ranking Spielberg is like completely impossible because uh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you just feel like a jerk being like I I'm gonna put the dinosaur movie ahead of the 
Private Jewish Ryan, apoc- a Jewish Holocaust movie. You know, like oh, you yeah. just feel like I'm like a horrible human being. So <laughs> it's it's really hard. I feel like you almost have to put because this list is amazing. I feel like you almost have to just put that at number one and then go on with your list. Yeah, yeah. He's very he's very diverse in his uh, <laughs> his films. And he's, yeah. Because he'll do, he could do some like a really intense war film, and then mm-hmm. he could turn around and do something like like a, like a serial adventure thing, like Indiana Jones, or yeah. do something very serious and small, like Lincoln, or even a very serious documentarian like thing with uh, Schindler's List. So yeah, it is amazing. He's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, everything from Catch Me If You Can to uh, to. Yeah, to Minority Report is like this totally different thing. War of oh, the yeah. Worlds, like uh, he has very few like complete clunkers. I really don't like uh, Indiana Jones Four. I'm not a big fan of that, and I'm <laughs> really not a big fan of the Lost War- World, his Jurassic Park sequel. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, I, uh, that was very disappointing for me when I was. <laughs> it's not like a horrible movie, but like it was, it felt horrible at the time because I was so disappointed. Uh, like both of those movies were so disappointing to me. Um, but, um, yeah, because I love Jurassic Park. I'm a huge, and, and it was like, it was the movie I saw the most in the theaters. I was just in love with it when I was a teenager. And so oh. like to, to have such a disappointing sequel, for me it was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. It, it's always hard to do that, but uh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just has very few like total clunkers. Uh you know, there's movies I I I thought Bridge of Spies was a little overrated. Like it's it's fine. I enjoyed it, but it's I thought it was a little boring and had some problems. So for it to get nominated for best picture, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that. But uh yeah. still, uh he he uh he he's still a great great filmmaker anyway so but yeah so here he's at the very sort of start of his career i mean jaws oh my gosh so amazing close encounters of the third kind et um raiders raiders lost ark oh my gosh you know it's just amazing and uh so this movie has so much heart to it and i think that that is the key and some people will say well it's it's very sentimental and it maybe has almost too like for some people i've heard people say it's it's cloying i don't think so for me it rings true emotionally true so i don't have a problem with that but uh you know it's it's just a matter of taste at a certain point yeah yeah like my sister she does not like et at all like that yeah she she found et to be very like scary and oh yeah she's not into science fiction which i guess I, i don't blame her like even though it's weird because she likes Doctor Who, which I guess is science fiction, but it's a different type of science fiction for, yeah. for her. But every once in a while, I'll do the uh, the finger and do the E.T. Oh, no. And she'll go, shut up! Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people don't like the, the movies that really uh, to try to play uh, in your heartstrings like E.T. does and uh, yeah. manipulate. It is a very manipulative movie, uh, but I think it does it in the right ways. And so I, I got to see it on the big screen on Sunday and it was wonderful on the big screen just to be just taken away by it. And, uh, and I, I think that we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, but I think particularly some of the performances are part of the reason why it works so well. Uh, but so, yeah, and you can see its influence on so many films, it and close encounters of third kind, I think, uh, are are very influential on films like mm-hmm. and Blade Runner. Those probably are the three most influential films from the eighties, as far as so many films from Wally to um, to Lilo and Stitch to um, I don't know. There's just a million other movies that you can definitely see. Et like a Super uh, Eight, Super Eight, yeah, definitely. Of course, Stranger Things. Uh, was yeah, very... which I still haven't seen yet, but I want to. Oh, oh yeah, that one's a good one. So, okay, well, so you have ET arriving at uh, the uh, at at on Earth, and uh, Elliot. So let's talk about Elliot. Okay. Um, Elliot, I is that is that strong performance I'm talking about? I think that uh, that Henry Henry Thomas. I think it, it honestly is the the best child acting ever i can't think of a child actor that that pulls off such emotional depth and so much heart and it feels real i mean the only one i i i 
I do love the little girl who plays Scout in To Kill a Mockingbird, but I okay. certainly think this is in the top ten, no question. Yeah, me. I would, um, since, uh, you know, I thought about other child actors like uh, Macaulay Culkin or mm-hmm. Home Alone or even, well, not technically he's not a child, like uh, the kid, who, the guy who played John Connor in Terminator 2, he was like, what, mm-hmm. 13 or something like that, but still he was... He was young enough to be still considered a, a child in a way. So I think yeah, that, he was that, good. Yeah, yeah. And I think when I think of like an emotional performance, like from him, I think about like the scenes with his mom, Sarah, or even at the end when he's begging Arnold Schwarzenegger to not k- terminate himself. I, but yeah, I will agree though. What's this kid's name again? And he, his name is out? Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. Thank you. Yeah. He really, I, I, I was really, um, child actors are kind of hit and miss for me sometimes. I can tolerate them, but. Sometimes I'm like, okay, kid, shut up, please. Not this one. He really, I'm, I was amazed at like how, how I felt for him. And he's real, he was really, really funny, especially when he uh, insults his brother at the uh, dinner table. Yeah. He was trying to convince his family what he saw was real and uh, excuse the word or anything. I'm just quoting the movie. It was like, (laughs) it's nothing like that penis breath. (laughs) Yeah, he really does sell it. The funnier moments, the certainly the heartfelt moments. Like you really do buy that he's feeling that way about the frog scene. It is a really great scene. Uh, the uh, uh, I don't know, just the emotion, uh, especially towards the end when he's like, "You're killing him! You're killing him!" and and you're oh. killing him at the same time. And what oh. ET does, and it's just so good. Oh, that now that you just mentioned, I'm going to cry thinking about it. <laughs> I also yeah. think about Drew, young Drew Barrymore. It's yeah. amazing to see that she's in this movie, seeing her response and her like freaking out at what they're doing. him. it's like, don't do that to me. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh. She's so good. So cute. And like the other actor, he does, uh, he does what I, it's, I guess Michael, Robert McNaughton. He does what's the older brother does okay. what's needed for the part. Like he's, He's yeah. exactly what you need. So, uh, but I know I just I really love Henry Thomas in this performance and the bond that they're able to get between ET and uh, and Elliot feels very authentic and real. And yeah. <clears throat> so, what do you think about the mother character? I I'm a lot harder on the mother than most people because <laughs> I, it frustrates me because I feel like her children are having to manage her. And like tiptoe around her and be like, why are you making her feel this way? Like, that's not a child's job. It's not the child's job to make you feel better about your relationship or to, or to, to like, she should be the one in like comforting them. Not like, not the other I don't know. Way. Just like that whole, com- like anytime Mexico gets brought up, you know, it's like, she oh. like freaks out and she's just so oblivious to like everything that her son is going through, you know, like. Mm you think she would at least ask more questions why he would do this with the frogs, you know, like what's going on. And I, I don't know. I just feel like, how can she not know that this is going on in her house? (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I feel like she's very pretty self-absorbed in her own problems in her own life. And, uh, and I, I really don't like the way that like, that dinner room conversation and the way that I feel like her kids kind of have to manage her and, and keep her, you know, happy and whatever. And like, <laughs> it, 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 it very much like parents in most of these movies from the eighties are like terrible, horrible. <laughs> like there's time bandits or, or, uh, uh, I mean, it's just past the eighties, but of course home alone, the parents are like awful, you know, like they're just like the worst. There's, yeah. there's so many, but, uh, uh, that are that are really bad, and I'm not saying she's the worst of the worst, but I don't know she just she just kind of annoys me. She kind of bothers me. So, uh, but um, uh, what do you think about the mom? Do you give her uh, some slack? <laughs> I uh, well, I actually, I found her. I, I kind of I found her annoying too, a yeah. little bit. I, I, there's a scene that happens in the movie. I I think it was in the extended cut. Was there an extended cut for this one? Um, I don't know. Because I know that Steven Spielberg, like, re-released it, but with an altered, like, additions and everything, kind of like what George Lucas said with Star Wars. But because of the backlash he got, he decided, yeah, you know what? That It was better the way it was, so I'll just restore it. But there was a scene where Elliot, you know, he fakes being sick and everything just to keep an eye on E.T. And his mom's calling him, and he's trying to, it's like, Mom, I'm fine. He's like, Mom, I'm hanging up. 
Mom, if you don't hang, if you don't let me hang up, I'm gonna barf all over this phone. And he pours water all over it just to. It's like, oh, for crying out loud, let the kid rest up if you think he's sick. And yeah, I, I found her to be a little out of touch, I guess, just yeah. like you said. And she's not really concerned about like what her kids are going through. Possibly, you know, Elliot has probably got a lot of issues rolling around, you know, because his father's gone, and it's very reminiscent of uh, Steven Spielberg's own uh, problems with his father. If you oh, know his history. Interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw an interview with him in, on 60 Minutes one time where he talked about how his parents split up when he was a kid. And for a while, he blamed his father for it until his uh, his uh, later years, like I guess in his 50s or 60s, where he actually uh, reconciled with his father. So I think there's some of that. It, you can see some of those things throughout his whole films, like with the re- relationship that the main character has with the father or a father figure yeah. of some kind. Yeah, yeah, I mean th- these these uh these kids are basically raising themselves. I mean the the older brother is is kind of having to sort of like I said manage his mother in addition to being the the one that you know kind of is trying to help the to help Elliot and mm-hmm. help uh <laughs> it's like the only the only really I think softer moment that she has is when she's reading the book to Gertie Peter Pan to Gertie. Sure. That's a nice moment but uh i don't know she just it's like i get it that that would be like the most devastating thing ever to have happened to you uh to have your husband leave you know for another woman that would be so devastating but like Hmm. your mom you gotta you gotta take care of your kids yeah yeah and i'm no parent but you know you gotta try the best you can i mean i'm not saying it'll be easy and i i'm no expert on parenting obviously because i don't i'm not married and i don't have kids but right yeah, you gotta you gotta find some way to make it work, and I feel like yeah. maybe they could have had another scene or two where we actually try to get inside her head a little bit because yeah, I know she's dealing with a lot of emotion, but I think it would help if they maybe expanded on it a little more with like one or two scenes. Yeah, I think so, or like uh, just spent a little bit of time with her, sort of maybe asking a few more questions or or whatever. I mean, you kind of need her to be somewhat oblivious for the story to work, uh, yeah. as far as. Uh, you know, you need her to not be aware of E.T.'s presence in the house. Mm-hmm. But it's more of her disconnect with Elliot and the way that her kids kind of have to um, have to walk on tiptoes around her that 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 irritates me. Uh, yeah. But um, but anyway, so that but it's but it does create with Elliot a character that feels very misunderstood and very uh unhappy he i think i like would you say would you describe elliot as sort of a a melancholy kind of child uh yeah i would say so like uh i kind of saw him like as like a normal kid in some ways just Mm -hmm. very mellow and i think only in certain situations if the right buttons are pushed he will really come out of his shell and go is like his that deep like i get i don't want to say dark nature or anything but like a really emotional side yeah, I mean, this is an expression of childhood that I really love in a weird way. That sounds weird that I like depressed kids, but I I find it very emotionally true, you know, that that kids have that loneliness, like childhood loneliness, loneliness is a real thing. Sure. And, uh, and we treat them only as sort of these precocious, like, and we don't want them to cry. We don't want them to feel, but I love movies that I love where the wild things are. And a lot of people think that's really depressing. I love it. I love Pete's dragon last year. I love inside out. I love uh, Lilo and stitch, uh, which also has a pretty depressed little kid. But I just think that, uh, that we should allow kids to be like whole people, you know, like they're allowed to be sad. They're allowed to be angry. They're allowed to be, you know, and, and if we don't allow them to feel those emotions and, and then teach them how to deal with those emotions, then, then, you know, why why are we surprised that we have all these kids with ADHD and other problems? And you know what I mean? Like if we're not treating them like human beings with like a full spectrum, (laughs) Um, and that's, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I, I love that. And I think that Elliot could definitely be counted in that group kind of, of, of kids that, that's very thoughtful and very, uh, and, but kind of lonely, kind of sad. And, and when yeah. that's why it means so much to him when he meets ET and when they, they develop this connection and, uh, it feels very, very authentic. Sure. Yeah. And it's kind of like what, um, I think he needs and not just him, but I think, um, 
you, you see him like really uh, uh, not getting along with his older brother, Michael. Yeah. Like they're fighting and everything, but E.T.'s a one like character, let's say, you know, he's an alien, but mm-hmm. you know, he comes in and kind of brings the family back together again. And yeah. kind of what they needed in this time of, um, in this depressing season of like her husband leaving and their father mm-hmm. just leaving them for somebody else. It's, it's in a state of confusion. They need yeah. something to try to bring them back together. And that's what ET does. Yeah. I remember when I, I was just thinking about this cause I watched and did a podcast on my neighbor Totoro, which is um, a, a anime film. That's really wonderful. But uh, it's about these two kids whose mother is sick and, uh, and they meet this, this creature called the Totoro who okay. helps them. And, uh, and I was thinking about it because when I was little, I I've written in a journal my whole life uh, from, time I could basically write. And, uh, when I, I, I would read, I, if I read over my old journals, I talk about just how worried I am about things. Okay. And particularly when my mom, my mom had to go on full bed rest for her pregnancies. And oh. so that was very stressful for me as a little girl. And I don't think my parents had any idea, had any clue, uh, that I was as worried about it as I was. And then oh. I talk about in my journal, I'm talking about, I just can't wait until this is over. And I'm just so, when is, you know, I can't wait till the baby comes because then mom will be back. Mommy will be back and just so worried. And, and so I just think there's some, something about that sort of worry and loneliness and, uh, that is very like true to actual children. And when a movie like Totoro or ET or uh, any of these films, when it can really, uh, even Wizard of Oz, you know, taps into, uh, Dorothy's oh. loneliness and her, yeah. uh, her, you know, not being understood, not being, that is something that I think is very emotionally true and something I almost always respond to. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Or even the Peanuts movie with Charlie Brown. Yeah. That's another good example. Yeah. So I, I just love that. And I love that about, I think that, uh, Henry Thomas is so good at, at portraying that. And yeah, yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, so the mom, she's an interest. It's an interesting, it's an interesting character, and and she is very eighties. Uh, like I said, you know, she sort of feels very latchkey kid kind of a thing. Like that was an eighties <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so now we have kind of like the hovering parent. I think I feel like is what you see now more like their man as opposed to the eighties and movies. I think parents were more like, yeah, were more just sort of negligent. <laughs> kind of like, like both extremes yeah yeah because i feel like it, it, that comes with the times though like yeah. uh, my grandparents grew up in the 30s and 40s in new york city so they yeah. kind of had the freedom to roam around the city as long as they didn't go to the bad spots and everything yeah. but now that we you know like all there's so much stuff that has changed now that parents are very very cautious almost to the point where it's pretty um overbearing and they have to let their kids <laughs> roam free a little bit so they can experience some freedom on their own and be their own person. I like that. She doesn't even ask her kids why all this beer has been drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You think they'd be like, uh, she just like picks up the can and she's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. My son's intoxicated. Are you you sure you got the right kid? Like All these things are happening. Uh, Your mom. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think about ET? Do you like the design of ET? A lot of people like say it looks like a shrunken man or or whatever. What do you, what do you think? Do you like the design? I think it, um, you know, actually, made me think about this i um i've never really had a problem with it i mean yeah. as a kid i mean it freaks me out obviously because you know it was an alien but i think it i think it looks fine and it's very uh i don't know if inspired by yoda is the right word but he definitely kind of waddles around and he's probably the same height as yoda is and which i thought it was really cool how we saw that kid in the yoda costume and tried to walk over towards him thinking that it was an alien and which is something that was referenced in phantom menace Oh yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I've always liked the design, and I liked how, like, when his neck, like, when his head goes full up, and you could see his neck and everything. And I think it was kind of cool. And I was expecting it to look a little bad, you know. I mean, I think it's—I don't know if it was a puppet or an animatronic, but even then, I thought, wow, he still looks really good. Yeah, I really like the design of ET. One of the things I never liked about, even though I really do like Lilo and Stitch, I never liked the design of Stitch. I always thought he looked kind of like a cockroach and just looked kind of gross. And and so I don't know. I I just think that I prefer this more cuter kind of alien. (laughs) I mean, I guess if I was going to nitpick, I think when the heart becomes red, that's a little cheesy. But like, Uh uh, but 
it, it works. I, I, I really like the design of ET and I, I think it feels, it works, you know, with sort of Elliot and Gertie teaching, teaching ET how to speak. And, uh, yeah. and that sort of, I like the fact that he doesn't speak English right away. You know, that's, uh, Oh yeah. Cause he's so, studying the world around him and he's trying to see like, what's all this, what's going on. Yeah. I like when a character does that. Yeah. He gets to the phone home moment, I think in an authentic way that feels believable. At least a little bit. Oh yeah. Sorry. I I love the brother's reaction as he's coming. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And he, and he's like, Oh my God, he's talking now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is really good. (laughs) (laughs) And just a little FYI that the brother, I always thought he looked like the kid in that free willing movie. Wouldn't you say what, like with the haircut and everything? He does kind of. Yeah. I thought those two were related, but I thought, oh, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the classic, uh, I don't know, sort of 80s older brother kind yeah. of Jock brother thing. kind of thing. <laughs> like in, like the older Brolin. older kid in, uh, like Josh Brolin in um, Goonies or, or uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the older brother in Home Alone. Like, <laughs> it's just oh. like, yeah. Or nice. in, um, it's not the 80s, but um, I, I think the older brother in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. What's, uh, the original? What's that? The, the original Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's been a long time since I saw that one. So just that sort of archetype of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even even recently, like Jurassic World with the two kids, like the older yeah. brother and the younger brother. That's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a true... As someone who had an older brother, I could say it's a, it's a fairly accurate archetype. Huh. It's a fairly accurate... <laughs> yeah, and I feel... I, I've been that way sometimes with my sister. She's three years <laughs> I'm sorry, sis, if you're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we get to this scene with, <clears throat> so yeah, he's uh, teaching E.T. how to talk and, and uh, trying to, he decides to keep him. And uh, then he ends up having to go to school. He's able to get out of school one day and then he ends up having to go to school. And he, there's this scene with the frogs. What do you think of that? I always found that, like, at first I found that to be a little bizarre because as a kid I didn't really get it. But I think it, now I think I'm getting, because he's developing, a, like, a psychic connection with E.T. Is that what it's all about? Yeah. Okay. And I thought it was, I always found it kind of cool that E.T. is watching uh, the, the Quiet Man or whatever that's called with John Wayne. Oh, Yeah. I've seen that a few times uh, around St. Patrick's Day and when he, the classic moment when he grabs Maureen O'Hara and kisses her and he does, Elliot does the same thing to the girls like, whoa, whoa, yeah. moving up in the world, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, you do get a few uh, different uh, movie references. You get The Quiet Man, you have uh, Star Wars certainly uh, yes. in there. There's some others uh, that I uh, didn't write down, but, but yeah, there's, there's a few in there for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I feel like it, it feels emotionally true that, like, at that moment that Elliot would kind of lose it in a way and, like, release all the frogs, you know, that, like, he yeah. couldn't take take it, killing these frogs. Because he, I guess, like, because he, because of his bond with E.T., I guess he has an appreciation for something that he never really thought of, like a, some sort of creature that were, that could potentially, you know, be tortured in the way, which is what happens later on in the movie with E.T., when he sees what, what the government scientists are doing to him. I think that, now I just thought of that, actually. That's maybe what it was hinting towards, like, yeah. towards the end. I think that's maybe the thought of it kind of freaked him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, like, I don't know. He just has a, like, break that I feel like a lot of kids kids would. Kids would. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he releases the... Um, the frogs and uh yeah it has the great kissing that's that's really really funny <laughs> and and that it keeps like as much as i absolutely love like lilo and stitch and i love where the wild things are they're so good but i do mm-hmm. think that both of those movies could use a little bit more sort of the humor interjected and a little bit lighter moments uh, uh that sometimes they 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 go a little too far but in but i still love them but uh, with uh, E.T., I do think he manages to balance out tone so well. Yeah, yeah. There's a sense of awe and childlike wonder throughout it. Well, it's, yeah. I guess it, you could say that it is very serious and sometimes very dark because it was very – because, you know, 
especially towards the the last act. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, that's the impression I get, like, uh, from movies like Super 8, which came out a few years ago. And even some, from what I've seen, like, the clips of uh, Stranger Things, it has this kind of eerie outer space kind of feel to it. But yet there's, like, this sense of awe and wonder and excitement. You know, this is a little kid seeing this alien for the first time. It would be, it, it obviously be really exciting to a kid like Elliot. So, yeah, yeah, I think he found just, just the right blend of a tone to use in this one. Yeah. Definitely. And so, yeah, so he ends up releasing all the frogs and, uh, <laughs> and we end up pretty soon after that, we get the introduction of the feds and uh, that's when you, uh, they, they burst into the house. Uh, well, first, no, first they set up the, the, um, the phone. Yeah. The phone. Yeah. Yeah. And so they think that that's another frustrating scene for them for me, for the mother, because her son is missing. Elliot shows up again, returns, whatever. She's sitting yeah. there talking to the police officer and, and her immediate response is, uh, how, how could you, how could you do this? You know, her immediate response is, don't ever do this again. And you're just like, to give this her- isn't about <laughs> you. Like, this is about your son is suffering. Like, like wake up. It's anyway. almost like, I wanted her to say, I was like, oh, thank God you're okay. You know, yeah. It's like, come on, he's your Don't son. Don't ever do this again. You're like, what? What is that? So anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so, so they go and that's the first time we, we see him fly too, uh, is when they're setting up the, um, oh yeah, the telephone. When he flies against the moon and that iconic Ugh. scene and you see that on the Amblin Entertainment logo. That yeah. You've seen certain films. And that it's music, so, oh my oh, gosh, the music by so John Williams, good. the master of his craft. Yeah, there's there's nobody better at writing, particularly writing themes to movies than John Williams. There's just yeah. not. Uh, the uh, it's it's just unbelievable. Before um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, they had a little interview with Steven Spielberg, and he, oh. he said that because this was the the second his Close Encounters was the second movie that he made after Jaws, and okay. he said that you know he kind of wondered after Star Wars if uh, if John Williams would have any more to give. Like he's, he's like that music was so spectacular, so yeah. amazing. Would there be anything left? And then you get the music for Close Encounters, and it was amazing. Of course, he did amazing music for Jaws, and uh, yeah. and then. You know, it's just, and then he, and it's just, it's just so amazing. It's just uh, like seeing it in the big theater when Elliot gets lifted up and that music, it's just like, you feel, you you feel excitement, exhilaration. Yeah. Yeah. My mouth was like, just opened up ever so slightly when it went up and it went, I went, oh, wow. That's incredible unbelievable so good and uh and yeah it's a really just i don't know it's just a great little segment you know and he's setting up this this phone and uh you know and and uh elliot is very you know very worried they're just out there it's just you're just like what's going on what's it it draws you in yeah 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 Yeah, especially like i like seeing the older brother going out to look for et it shows you that he's gone from being that that you know, that jerk brother to someone who's actually, who actually cares about others. And to see him like, uh, just a little, uh, thing real quick to go backwards. When, when, uh, Drew Barrymore sees E.T. for the first time and she's oh, yeah. like, ah, and even the older brother's like freaking out. And then yeah. they put him in the closet. There's like, you cannot tell anybody about this. And she goes, or what? And the brother's like, then you know what's going to happen. And he takes the, her doll away and, like Michael do it and the old brother's like oh no and she's like no don't it's like oh come on don't do that to her but, but bottom line I like seeing how he goes out to look for E.T. and seeing how terrified he is of how E.T. looks he's like like he's like he's aged like so quickly if you yeah. know what I mean I mean it's interesting that they that Gertie is more aware <laughs> of things going on in their house than the, oh, than the mother but uh <laughs> Drew yeah, she's so cute. And I was like, ah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. She was great in this one. Yeah, she's really good too. I mean, she brings on the feels too. I mean, she's not just sort of the precocious, cute little kid. Like, she actually has some weight to her part that makes it feel authentic and yeah, real. Yeah. And that's just the way I would describe this movie is it just, to me, feels very authentic and emotionally true. Uh, 
to yeah. what these people would actually be feeling, I, th- I think. And uh, so, yeah, you do get the scene where the brother finds E.T. after they've been out. Like, they, they're they trying to call home, but then uh, they end up they end up setting up the phone and it's doing its job, but, uh, they, uh, um, they get separated. They get separated. Yeah, I guess. And, uh, and so, yeah, Elliot is very, very upset, of course. And, yeah. uh, yeah, they bring back, that's really devastating. When you see ET and he's all white and you think he's, he's died. It's pretty yeah. upsetting. Yeah. And his mom, when she sees him in the bathroom, it's, she obviously is like, get, get out of here. Get out of here. It's like, come on. He doesn't mean any harm. And he's like, yeah reaching out. It's like, help me, help me. It's like, come on, help him out. And it's like, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And you do also have like the, the sort of the neighborhood boys, which I like that they didn't like go too far with the whole like neighborhood bully thing. Like they kept yeah. it, they kept it believable. They kept it within sort of a believable. I feel like, Certain movies now, uh, they, they, it's like bullies are like practically murdering kids. Like they're taking it too far sometimes. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I you feel know like, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you know, the little fun fact one of those kids, uh, the one who says, uh, maybe he's from Uranus, get it, Uranus. Yeah, like, you yeah. Get it. That's, uh, the actor is, uh, C. Thomas Howell from The Outsiders. He plays the main character, Ponyboy Curtis. Oh, cool. And I actually saw him, just a little fun fact, I didn't meet him, but I actually saw him at the Philadelphia Comic-Con a couple months ago, and I thought, whoa, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. That's really cool. Huh. Yeah, I. it does have that kind of feel, the outsiders, some of the Goonies kind of a thing, you know, where it's like, uh, I really like that kind of dynamic when they don't push the, I think the Sandlot basically feels that way, like the... the oh, yeah. Yeah, movies like that about childhood where it's like, yeah, you've got kind of kind of a bully type, but like they're still a kid. And they sure, still, yeah, yeah, and they, so. and they end up helping ET anyway in the end. Like when he comes yeah. out of the ambulance, and they're all like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah." They save the day. They bring the bikes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really attractive too about the bikes. You know that like because they can go places that the cars can't go. They can do things like they have like kids. When you're a kid, you want to feel like you have power. Yeah. And so they can do things. Iron Giant is really good at this. That's another movie that is very yeah. emotionally true and yeah. allows kids to be lonely and, uh, uh, and definitely influenced by E.T. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, like that they can go places, they can do things like the kids, kids want to feel, at least I did, I wanted to feel independent mm-hmm. and that I was smart and that I could figure things out that, you know, like Time Bandits is really good with this, that it's the, it's the, the the boy in time bandits who's the smartest person in the room at all times and that's okay. so appealing to kids <laughs> yeah yeah and i feel like you know other examples like i think like harry potter kind of does that in yeah, some ways yeah like them growing from like um 11 years old up until their adult years they kind of do that similar thing too and i definitely felt that way sometimes too and so yeah right i think it i like how and they know their neighborhood very well uh, better than the government agents do that are chasing them so it's like get this way through the backyards and they're like and they stop like which way go back go back yeah because that's really like freeing when you're a kid when you get a bike or when you get something like that and you can just you get a certain degree of sort of freedom of uh exactly yeah so I, i really like that and anyway and so yeah so the feds come in and they like tape everything off and they like what do you think do you think that Spielberg is trying to say something in these sequences about like about government or about anything? Do you, do you feel like this movie has like a message? Hmm. I guess, uh, I don't know. I I think maybe in some ways he was like, uh, obviously, um, we as human beings are like, uh, when we see something that's never, that we've never seen before, we're obviously, we want to know, we're very curious about it. And it all depends, like, different types of people in certain positions in life. Elliot is very amazed by it, but obviously the government, they see this alien creature. They want to know where the heck it came from, if it's hostile or friendly. And I feel like, you know, um, like the scene in the ambulance when E.T. comes up and he's got the white robe on, a lot of people thought that that was like a Christ imagery kind of thing. And mm. I never had a problem with that personally. I'm just putting it out there. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind that stuff, but I feel like in some ways ET was kind of like, 
the, the, the thing from another world who comes down on earth and he's, he interacts with people. Some people don't understand him and they're afraid of what he could do. So they kind of, they, they go too far and Superman would like that too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. Another John Williams score. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's another John Williams thing. I completely forgot. <laughs> and yeah. there's, real quick, there's even a couple of times where the music kind of sounded like Star Wars. Where I thought, whoa, 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 what movie am I in? Yeah. That's not a bad thing though, but still I thought, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see how some people could see the, as like an anti-government kind of message. Cause it is pretty, like they are horrible. They're like evil, but yeah. I don't take it that way. Well, uh, except for that one doctor though, who talks to Elliot. Like he's that's true. sympathetic. Yeah, what is it, Peter, uh, yeah, it's key. I think that's Peter Coyote, as the, I think is Keys, I think is his name. Okay, yeah, I never anyway. never knew who that actor was, but I always, he was like the one character from all the other government people that actually was genuinely like, hey, Elliot, let me help you out. What's What's he trying to do? And he doesn't really seem to be like trying to stop E.T. from leaving. He just, he's just watching because he's so amazed. And he talked about how he's been waiting for that moment ever since he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He is the one sort of, the one person who has some sort of humanity and awe. And I think that it's more, he's trying to say, I think Spielberg not, he's not trying to say the government is horrible. And that, no. uh, I, I don't think so. I think he's trying to say that like, we, we don't, uh, stop and listen to people you know here elliot is saying like stop listen you're killing him you're you know we just we just go and we uh and we don't so often in life yeah we're very critical of what we see instead of thinking about what we're seeing to quote chris stuckman like we tend to be very critical of what we're seeing on the surface yeah and acting also like that so often in life and in government and in so many things we act out of fear rather than like mm. actual, like what's going on, you know, that, that, uh, yeah, that like, I'm again, not to get political or whatever, but like <laughs> it, when something is presented, that's say about immigration or about, you know, whatever, are, are we making a decision that's, based on actual statistics and rational whatever, or are we basing it out of fear, a fear of the unknown, fear of what we don't understand, fear of something yeah. that might hurt us, whatever it might be. And we may, we may not, I'm not, uh, you know, getting into that, but I do think that there's something about the, that Spielberg is trying to say here about like how they are sort of acting on fear. And you definitely get that in close encounters of the third kind for sure. And uh, uh, to be very skeptical of kind of power and media is a big message in close encounters. Uh, okay. But, um, uh, but here it's, it's more just kind of that we, we, we allow fear to control us and we don't, and it takes away people's humanity. It takes away ET's humanity, it takes away even some, some degree Elliot's humanity that they're, yeah. that they're willing to do and they're not listening. We're not talking. We're not, you know, kind of a thing. So I, I think that's sort of, the the message and I, but I think it, it it all always manages to keep a very hopeful tone even in the darker segments in my opinion. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like well, after all that stuff happens, like uh, when the flowers start to die and Michael oh, yeah. is freaking out, and you see Elliot say "You're killing him," and then you see the younger sister like start breaking down, and he, that always that that still got me mm-hmm. even like now and i thought oh god no and then then when he's talking to et's dead body like he still maintains his love for his friend and it's like oh emotion and then all of a sudden you see the heart start to light up and it's like he's back he's back it's like it's just like that one little talk i guess show that that he can still what what am i saying here it's like it it brought him back to life in a way A, a message from his friend i guess right yeah yeah, yeah, that love that they shared, that connection, that's what made his heart beat again. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's really funny how he keeps saying, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. It's like, shut up, shut up, they'll hear you. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that, like you were saying, some people see it as a spiritual parable of, you know, you got the resurrection of E.T. Yeah. at the end, you know, because of the love he has. And I think that's a valid, definitely a valid interpretation, and uh, that... Uh, yeah, the, it says that uh, 
some describe it as crucifixion by military science and resurrection by love and faith. I could see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's like, not to get too, not to get into like the whole science and religion debate. I mean, I'm just saying, I think both can, you know, go hand in hand. They can, you know, be friends and coexist, but I feel like it's similar to Dr. Strange. Like he's very rational. He's very atheistic and nihilistic. He doesn't believe in like a God or anything like that. And he's, he spouts out his ration, his rational viewpoints to Tilda Swinton. And then she shows him what's really there. And, it's like you, you, you get so locked into that mindset that you kind of end up destroying something that if you really stop to look at it, it's actually really beautiful in its own way. And yeah, I mean, it has more power. I went to see, uh, I went to a lecture by Lois Lowry who uh, did the giver. And if you've ever heard of that book, I, oh, it's I, a really I, good book. Yeah. Um, I read it in uh, middle school. Yeah. I, I really, I don't like dystopian, but I actually do like that book. And somebody asked her like, were you trying to give a Christ metaphor? And she just said, if it means that to you, that's what it means. Hmm. And so I, I always thought about that with, cause, cause Spielberg is Jewish. I highly doubt like he was <laughs> to, to like, have a Christian metaphor, but like, yeah. if, if it means that to you, then that's what it means. And so I, I, I think it's certainly a valid interpretation and that's what art can do. It can, it can mean different things to each viewer. And, yeah. and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people can and will take different messages away from said films, but even like the Indiana Jones last crusade obviously has references to Jesus, like with the Holy grail and everything, but yeah, whether you're a Christian or not, it's still an interesting story. Like to know about like how to find the grail and everything. Yeah. Actually, there's a quote here on Wikipedia from, from Spielberg says, if I ever went to my mother and said, mom, I've made this movie. That's a Christian parable. What do you think she'd say? She, 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 uh, she has a she has a kosher restaurant on Pico and Doni in Los Angeles. <laughs> so yeah, he says it wasn't meant to be. He didn't intend it to be. But I, like I said, it, if it is, if that's what it is to you, then that's what it is. And so I I really, but I think it's more just sort of how sort of love. It's going to sound cheesy, but I think it's about how love can conquer fear and and save us from you know, the, the, the worst, like the, the feds represent the worst of human nature basically in the story. Yeah. They're, they're, they're evil with the exception of that one guy, but, but they pretty much represent the worst. They represent fear and judgment and all these things. And, and then basically like Elliot and ET are the good parts of human nature. It's love. It's, and, and that that can save us, that can save Elliot, it can save ET, uh, all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I think it it, they, they, it could have easily done it in like such a like an in your face kind of thing. Yeah, but, really heavy handed. But it's very subtle. I mean, it, I don't know if subtle is the right word. It's played very tastefully. I would say. Yeah. It it works. It's because you can uh, manipulate all movies manipulate you, but then there's yeah. some that manipulate you so that you are annoyed, and then mm-hmm. others that manipulate so that you're moved and that you were, it works. And so it just depends. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. So, uh, so Elliot and, uh, ET are, like I said, connected. Uh, and, uh, they, they think that, so Elliot, sorry. So ET basically sacrifices his life in order to save Elliot and give him yeah. sort of spirit, his spiritual essence, I guess. And, uh, and so, um, they, they, they declare him dead. They declare that E.T. has died. And then we see this scene, very touching scene and very well acted, I think, uh, by Henry Thomas that, uh, where he's saying goodbye to E.T. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. You know, it tears your heart out, actually. Yeah. And just to see them all, like, white and pasty and stuff, it's like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's no. like, I feel, like, I feel like my soul's died somewhere. I don't yeah. want it to come back. So then uh, he ends up, of course, waking up, and there's the last part of the movie is this uh, chase sequence that's really fun uh, yeah. with all of the boys on bikes and them taking ET to the his ship has come back. They've responded to the phone, and uh, he's come back. And so they need to 
to take him back. And, uh, it, it, it's so good that, and then, then the, the, it's just, you get the scene not only with just Elliot flying on the bikes, but all of the boys. And that's really, yeah. Magical. Yeah. yeah the, I think even the responses on their faces are like, Whoa. What's yeah. Going on? <laughs> and, and one of them's like, don't look down. Don't look down. That's probably <laughs> how I would be. I'd be like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to yeah, die. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that you need in a movie like this. When something like that really happens, you need that human emotional reaction to yeah. something really extraordinary. Yeah. Because then the audience is feeling it too, that you're going along with them. Because otherwise, if they're just kind of, not to mention the Star Wars prequels, but if they're yeah. looking like they don't, if they have that I don't care look on their face, you're not going to feel anything. Yeah, so. exactly. And so they end up, Find, finding them the ship and then they say their goodbyes to et and it's very oh. sad and so seeing seeing drew barrymore crying saying goodbye giving her that, that what what was it the flower or something i forget yeah the flower yeah yeah she said i wanted to say goodbye and i thought oh <laughs> and seeing uh the brothers the older brother say goodbye and like yeah touching his face and et's like smiling like Hey, you know what? You're you're kind of you're actually really cool. I I do like you, and I'll miss you. Yeah, and yeah, and of course, Elliot saying goodbye, and it's just like you feel like you feel really sad. Of course, that Elliot's losing ET, but you but you also know that like ET will always sort of be a part of him. Yeah, and, yeah, and that he'll be able to recover, and uh, that after with that as a part of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the impact he made on on Elliot and his family, like he brought the family back. He helped bring the family back together in a way. And yeah. so because of him, they're healed. Well, and he literally saved his life. And it's something like that's got to uh, have an impact on you. For, yeah, you know, yeah. E.T. saving Elliot's life. And <clears throat> so it's very, very touching and great. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's surprising in a way that they never tried to do an ET sequel. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't do so that. Glad. But, but I do wonder though, like uh, I wonder if they were to ever like revisit that universe in some shape or form, what would Elliot and his family be up to now? You know what I mean? It's, it's just a curiosity. You wonder that in your head, but it's like, do I want to see that in a movie? Probably yeah. not. I definitely don't want to see like, henry thomas back as an adult like i don't want hook in the hook storyline in et like like, (laughs) that would be horrible like him becoming like this bitter you know businessman and then him connecting with et that sounds horrible that sounds Uh, childhood ruined sorry yeah so like the, the the only thing i guess maybe you could pull off is if you obviously you'd have to recast but uh, I, I just, I don't like that idea. Oh, don't no. do it. No, no, no. Susan, don't do it. I don't think he <laughs> <Please>. will. <laughs> I don't think he will. Don't so. do it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I just, I, I just really admire them actually for not doing a sequel. If they didn't feel like they had the idea or the, you know, to bring back uh, E.T. and. Yeah. And Hollywood, if you're listening to this, do not take any of this into consideration. Do not touch E.T. <laughs> yeah, leave E.T. alone. I think as close as we've gotten to a remake uh, is is something like Stranger Things, but it's more of an homage to E.T. Or like Super 8 in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super 8, that's a good one too. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it is very influential. Iron Giant, uh, there's mm, yeah. Leo and Stitch. Like there's a million a million shows, a million things that it's really influenced. And uh, of course the score is very influential and yeah, it's just a great, great movie. I, it definitely be up there. If I did a ranking uh, of my, some of my favorite movies, I I put, I put ET pretty, pretty high. I think I really like it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh Okay, but I, I think uh, as far as like childhood favorites, I don't know if it would be my absolute my one of my absolute favorites because I didn't watch it as much as some other films. But mm-hmm. if I were to rank like best Spielberg films, I think I would definitely put it up in like top ten at least because oh yeah, top five for Spielberg that's like really hard. But a top so ten, E.T. would be somewhere in there. 
I think it would make my top five. I don't know. It's it is it's like impossible. I think I'd be like Schindler's List, and then oh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, Raiders, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Private Ryan, E.T. Same Private Ryan is really good. But yeah, it's it's impossible. It's an impossible. You can't rank yeah. Spielberg. It's impossible. Well, you know, <laughs> now that we're so talking hard. about this, you're actually making me. You're actually making me want to maybe do like another podcast yeah. on Spielberg as a as a film director. Now, yeah, I think we can do that sometime. We should. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I would definitely. I mean, I give this like my highest grade. I give it like an A plus. I really don't have. Do you have like what would you think are? Do you have any like weaknesses of the film? Uh, besides the uh, besides the mom, besides like the, what we said about the mom, I don't really have anything to yeah. really complain about. Really, I think it's as close to perfect as you can get. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, so uh, where can people where can people find you? Uh, you could follow me on my YouTube channel, Joe Tufano, and you can also follow me on Facebook, Joe Tufano Movie Reviews, and you can follow me on Twitter and my Instagram. I'll if you, I think I'll put the links you, you can find yeah. the links to it on my channel through there and uh i talk about film mostly and uh favorite superheroes like S- spider-man and i'm going to be lo- doing a star wars series pretty soon on the star wars trilogy so look forward to that oh cool yeah that'll be yeah, fun yeah so, yeah you can find me on those places there just the original trilogy or are you doing all uh i've oh. already done uh force awakens but i might do a more in-depth video on that at some point soon in the future no promises, but the original trilogy. I'm really excited to talk about that. Cool. Yeah. I got things fun. to say about those who complain about Luke Skywalker in the original. I got uh, some, I got some responses for that. Yeah. I, people, yeah, I, I love Luke. He, he's, uh, it's easy to hate on the hero. The, oh, yeah. the side, the sidekicks are usually easier to love. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but I, I love, I love the heroes. I love Harry. Harry is my favorite of, Harry Potter, Luke, yeah. my favorite. Uh, but but anyway, yeah. So you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and uh, and at my review. Uh, oh, sorry, at my blog, Fifty Four Disney <laughs> Reviews. I can't talk. And uh, we are going. I'm going to be going to Comic Con on Salt Lake City Comic Con on Thursday, nice. Friday, and Saturday. So I'm going to have some kind of coverage, like I did for D23. And okay. I'm really excited because they have Dick Van Dyke is going to be there, which is going to be really awesome. Oh, cool. Um, sound, uh, sound of music. I can't talk today. No, Mary from Mary Poppins. Uh, and, Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, so that'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. I'm most excited on Friday, I get to have a photo op and meet Jody Benson, who is the voice of Ariel. Which wow. Is so exciting for me. That's um, cool. really, really. I'm even, I'm going to wear cosplay all three days. I have a, a uh, Snow White, I have an Ariel, and I have uh, a Elsa from Frozen nice. dress and wig. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to a, oh, I'm going to a New York Comic Con in a couple of weeks, New York City, to meet uh, just for the one day because I, I, it was the only available time by the time I got the tickets. But I'm going to meet Troy Baker, who's known for uh, Joel in The Last of Us video game and oh, okay, voicing the Joker in the Batman Arkham Origins game, like a a younger oh. version of the Mark Hamill Joker, which, mm-hmm. speaking of which, I'm going to be getting a photo op with Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker oh himself, gosh. and I wow. am very excited. That's really, really cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, so that's going to be fun. And I will be doing sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'll be doing a Blade Runner podcast with my friend Patrick. Uh, we have uh, next week, I'm doing a, another version, another version of the pitch sessions. We did an animation pitch session and now we're doing live action Disney uh, pitch sessions where we, where we each give our ideas for what we think would be a good movie for Disney. Ooh. That'll be fun next Wednesday uh, to look okay. forward to. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, doing a podcast with a uh, uh, fellow YouTuber, Paleo Stino, on the My Little Pony movie when that comes out. Uh, and so there's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, the Hallmark podcast uh, is, is, is about to start going really strong with uh, the Christmas movies, so that'll be fun. So a lot of fun stuff going on, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, thanks so much for talking about E.T. with me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, no problem. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I always... I miss doing like podcasting. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. I, it has. And we'll have to do something for Christmas for sure. We definitely have to. And I'm going to start to work on my list at some point soon to try to 
make it a little more new, I guess, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, thanks. And, and let us know in the comment section what you think of E.T., uh, what are your memories of it, how you think it holds up. And if you are watching this today, you can still see it on the big screen tomorrow. So check it out. Uh, and uh, so thanks so much. And uh, we will talk again soon. See you guys.